You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Welcome, Drawing Board Nation. This is your founder and host, Andre Ebron. And we are just a few days away from going into the fourth quarter of this year, 2020. I do hope that through everything that you have endured, every challenge, every victory, I hope you have used all of that as fuel and ammunition to move in the direction of your dreams. Uh, Your dream is not contingent upon timing. Your goal is not contingent upon the season. But what it is contingent upon is your perspective. Perspective is rooted in understanding. Understanding is rooted in quality information. And the drawing board nation is here to challenge you, challenge you to examine your life and reimagine the possibilities. Well, here's what my commitment is to you all. My commitment is to always bring quality people who have social proof and they are doing awesome things in the marketplace, impacting lives by living out their their purpose. And tonight is no different. I welcome to the show uh, my sister and friend, Ms. DeWanda Ricks. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness, as you were talking, it just took me back years when we used to meet for our youth programs and the different activities that we did at Kano's International Church and just the conversations that we've had. So I'm so happy to see your dreams and aspirations come to fruition. But thank you for having me on the show. I am honored to be a part of your dream and and just living out your mission and purpose. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. It is my pleasure. And since we are definitely mentioning what I will call the greatest church on this side of heaven, <laughs> Kano's International Church, we have to give a shout out. We are Carol Dixon babies. Yes, you we and are. I. Yes, and we are. Definitely giving a shout out to the chief apostle, Dr. Carol E. Dixon. Here's how I introduce her now, Dewanda. I say uh, to the baddest pastor in the land, <laughs> my pastor, your pastor, the world's pastor the chief apostle, Dr. Carol Lee Dixon. So we want to just take time to honor honor her and let her, let everybody know uh, that we actually met. It was now, Dewanda, can you believe it's been nearly 18 years? No way. Yeah. So, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And so I know, listen, it just means that we are getting better and better <laughs> and better. But I remember, Dewanda, uh, before I go into um, your bio, uh, so I can introduce people to how awesome you are, uh, better known as D Wonderful. Uh, you know, do you know, do you remember when we were on a, we, you, myself and Michelle Elmore, uh, we comprised and we were a spoken word group. Remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great time though. We, 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 we were ready. And, um, one of the things that I love about it is that we had an idea. Uh, it was in line. We had scriptures and everything to support what we were doing, which is how pastor trained us 
uh, that if we were going to do something in ministry, that we had to have footing uh, in scripture as a foundation. And we had an idea and pastor gave us what I think tonight's overall arching theme will be is uh, the greatest thing anyone can give you is an opportunity. Amen. Amen. That was such a wonderful time. And you're right. It was built on a foundation. And what I love about that is we all came with a different perspective, with the same foundation, but a different perspective and a different style. And it just goes to show that God can use anybody um, and he can use anyone's talent to bring forth his word. And that is so powerful in itself, because when we think of what's happening to other people, it can happen to you. And all you have to do is put the time in and and study the word and and listen and meditate and really just put forth your effort. And and as Dr. Dixon always say, you do your best and God to do the rest. So (laughs) listen, that's it. And uh, and what's so powerful about that is that that when we present God our best, Luanda, as you know, he always allows his grace to take us further than we thought we could go. He always reveals something about us uh, in our service to him that we would not have been able, it wouldn't have been revealed any other way. Uh, And when we serve under a pastor whose standard is always excellence, uh, that carries over into the marketplace. It impacts us in our family, impacts us on the job. And so first, just let me say uh, kudos to both you and to uh, Jermaine, Uh, you know, shout out to Jermaine. Uh, that's my brother. You guys are in Texas now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Jermaine is credited for starting uh, the security team at Kano's. And, you know, the security team at Kano's is at full effect. I remember when they got their earpieces and ready to go and all of that. And, and listen, man, uh, it was just a blessing uh, because he had a heart to really want to allow people to go into worship and come out and everything be as it was. Uh, when they went in. So yeah, thank God for him. And then your son, Jamar, who is, you know, he has grown to be an awesome uh, man of God. And, uh, and to think that he was the one who God had given the creative idea regarding the media center Mm -hmm. and pastors always, you know, behind and really lifting the voice of our youth. And so pastor creating that space where his voice could be heard and really pushing him in that direction. And then Jemiah, you know, who is a technology whiz, <laughs> you know, she she loves all things tech. And so yeah. I remember her being young and like, yeah, just move this and do that and go do this. And, and I'm like, OK, yeah, right. I have no idea what you're talking about. But to see them. And you so- know, Jemiah created um, Kano's YouTube account and, and she was the first one to post Pastor Carol's service on YouTube. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, so all of those things and um, just being the power of service. So let me introduce to some and present to other Miss DeWanda Ricks, known to be a trailblazer with a heart of gold, shows her passion and love for the youth whenever possible. Knowing that there is a great need for positive influences in the community, DeWanda's mission is to help develop the hearts and minds of school-aged students by simply volunteering her time and being an advocate for inspiring their future. Every Sunday, 
you will find Dewanda committing herself to the youth program at her local church in Frisco, Texas, called the Potter's House North Dallas. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shout out. She serves with the youth in the firehouse youth department, referring to her as Mrs. Ricks, Mama D, or Mrs. D. Most of the youth as well as everyone else knows her. Oh, excuse me, as well knows her. Considers DeWanda to be in a league all by herself. (laughs) Yes, she absolutely is. And when it comes to developing relationships and encouraging young adults, you are. You are there helping them to overcome their fears of life's issues, preparing them for their future, building self-esteem, or instilling ongoing love and hope. Dewanda, you're investing in your community a lot, and I want to take my hat off because our youth are not just our future. They are our present now. They are. They truly are. What do you you think about... um, with the direction that school is going, how COVID-19 has impacted education, where do we now, here's a huge, where do we now find the relevance of what we're instructing and teaching our youth via the traditional K-12 system? So my passion has always been um, the youth, specifically Black males. And now in this pandemic, And you're looking at this, what they're calling virtual um, schooling, which is really homeschooling, right? Because although I feel like the the teachers are, are there and they're doing the best that they can do, it's really up to the parents to ensure that the students are doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? That they're doing their assignments, they're turning in their homework, they're paying attention while on these Zoom calls. And doing homework, if there are questions, it's the parent that has to really answer the questions or make sure that the teachers are responding. So for me, the challenging part is ensuring that we're not left behind. When we were meeting in the classroom, that was a challenge then. And so now that we're homeschooling, it's even more of a challenge. So how do we ensure that the level of education of our children are not suffering because we're in this environment? And and that's challenging. And it's going to take the parents, the teachers, the school systems working together to ensure that um, we're not left behind. Because during this time, um, as they're continuing on with their education and they graduate from high school and go to college, um, they want to still be able to compete for those jobs of the future. And so um, how do we collaborate and partner and ensure that their education isn't suffering. And and that's something that I've been looking into and I want to really just work with the different organizations in the communities to ensure that we're providing tutoring, um, coaching, we're helping the parents, we're helping the teachers, we're giving them the equipment that they need. I know of several organizations that have sought out um, electronic equipment that we can provide the students. Um, AT&T has the low income internet available. Uh, We just need to make sure people are aware that it's out there and it's $5 a month. So 
um, just working with the communities or those organizations within the communities to ensure people are aware of the different programs that's out there. And it, it takes all of us. It takes a village, really. And then um, looking at that level of education, just ensuring that we are not being left behind. Because um, I would hate for someone to, to graduate from high school, right, after two years of being homeschooled and really haven't learned anything and then go to college and, and fell out, flunk out. That is a real concern for me. And um, so you'll be hearing from me to talk about that initiative and just how we can get that off the ground. And and there are different people that I know at Wayne State. I want to talk to them and just rally around this initiative and just ensure that our people are not left behind. Right. So there's an organization in Michigan, I know, and several organizations across the nation uh, where in Michigan it's called BMEA, Black Male Educator Alliance, where mm-hmm. essentially uh, it is a conglomerate or a gathering of black male educators that are there sharpening the tools, right? Uh, ensuring, because as black male educators, we make up roughly about 2% of mm-hmm. education from early childhood all the way through, uh, you know, graduate work. So the universities. So uh, tons of black males that are, have some of the, have answers and questions that are provoked by that same by that same idea. How do we make sure? Essentially, what you're saying is that we come out of this with an equitable result. How 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 is this equitable for us? How do we not only take advantage of the current resources? How can we ensure that what's happening doesn't have generational impact that leaves us further behind and increasing the education gap, thereby increasing the wealth gap, thereby increasing the equity gap? So, like all of those different things. And those um, levies that impact life, right? So, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm down. So just give me a call about that. But wait a minute, I'm not done telling people about the work that you've done. So this multi-award winner has received such prestigious awards as the President Volunteer Service Award every year since 2011. So since 2011, you have received the President's Volunteer Service Award. That's that's excellent. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And it is really just serving in a community. And it started right at home and in home in 2011, you know, it was in Detroit, Michigan. And it really started before then is just that the award <laughs> wasn't offered before then. But um, as you know, Dr. Dixon is a big advocate of serving in your community. And it we served in the church. And that taught me that serving was actually being a leader. And that taught me that being a leader meant putting other people's needs before mine. And in a Christian world, doing that really uplifted me. And so as I was serving in the community and serving other people, And my needs were being met. Although I'm serving and meeting the needs of other people, God was meeting my needs. And the more I served, the more he did. And and the more I served, the more I saw of increase. And it just became a a lifestyle. (laughs) And um, so serving people helped me develop 
who I am today. It it helps me at work. Um, at work, I am. Uh, my title is an area manager, and I have eight managers that report to me and 97 service reps. And my motto is a quote by Theodore Roosevelt is, people don't care how much you know until they know how much yeah. you care. That's right. And and so I lead by listening and listening to what their needs are, whether it's personal, whether it's business or a roadblock. But I listen and then I execute on whatever plan we come up with from whatever issue that was brought to the table. And that in itself helps people. And when they know that you genuinely care about you, they're willing to move mountains for you. And so when you address the needs of people, you're serving them and essentially you're helping them. And that's what it's all about. It's one person at a time. And although I may be speaking to over a hundred people on any given day, and you know, in leadership, you feel like you're alone, right? And and you're speaking and you never know what seeds you're sowing, but you keep on speaking. And then eventually, or one day, or it may happen or it may not happen, but sometimes people will come back to you and say, you know, when you said this, that really touched me. And when you did that, that really made an impact on me and it, it made me want to be a better person. And that's what it's all about. Just continuing to serve people, speaking when you don't think that they're listening, when they are listening, especially with youth, you you never know when they're listening. And, um, you know, just serving in firehouse with the kids when we were meeting in the sanctuary, you know, youth and and teenagers, and they looked half interested. But um, after the service or after you've given them a word, um, uh, you're trying to correct them, right? And, And they'll come to you like, thank you so much. Those words really touched my heart. And so, it just becomes a lifestyle. And, and I, I can't imagine not serving in any capacity. I don't care um, what my title is. I think serving has been my lifeline. It's really saved me. So, Yeah, that, listen, and we, we know you, you, you have, we have so much to unpack from what you just said, but essentially at Kano's, we that you know that's where it's it's evidence you know pastor taught us to be available to be accountable and to be responsible and i remember uh uh at Kano's you know the easiest way uh the unemployment plan was to come serve at the church right so <laughs> if you were unemployed you went and served and after you served at the church you end up getting a job that you didn't qualify for with benefits that were unexpected brand new cars brand new homes and then literally, I have seen myself included participating in this unemployment plan that if you want a job, make sure you go serve at the church, right? Church. <laughs> and, and literally, we have seen people get jobs they, that they did not qualify for, mm-hmm. and then the job provided the training. We've seen people who, <laughs> we've seen a lot of miracles, right? <laughs> and, and so uh, what I find interesting, Dewanda, is that... Um, that's something that has been taught and preached to us that service is a lifestyle. Now talk to me about, cause you work with youth. Talk to me about how does that translate 
as you are instructing and sharing your faith with youth, school age children of service as a as a lifestyle. Because I I myself, you know, I work with youth all the time, so I don't have the um, uh, kind of the general perception about what youth won't do. Because actually, they're very active and alive, willing to do uh, when they feel loved and supported. They they they're willing to. They want to participate. I think that this group of children is more mission oriented than any group of people that I've met. They are not really for all of the fanfare. They want to know what are we doing? How long is it going to take us to do it? What, what do you need us to do? Let's get to the let's get to the bottom of this. So that this generation has really cut the fluff. <laughs> yes, and um, so. My daughter is now 20. And wow. so I'll... I'll for a second? <laughs> Maya is 20 years old. She is what? 20 years old. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Wow. Yeah. But wow. so so I'll, I'll start with her generation because she's a little different than what Jamar was. You know, it's 13 years between them. But I remember um, in 2013 when I moved to Texas... Pastor Carol Dixon said to me, um, get under a word speaking church. I I want you to go to Bishop Jake's church, which is what I did when I moved here. And sitting in his service one day, he brought up Pastor Cheryl Brady. And Mm -hmm. she announced that she has, um, she's pastoring one of his churches in Frisco, well, at the time it was in, um, it was at the um, Fort Ranch, and which was like ten minutes from my house. And I'm like, oh my goodness! Um, and so we started going to Pastor Brady's church. Yes. And so still being obedient because it's the Potter's House, North Dallas. Right. And but in my mind, right, Pastor uh, Pastor Carol said to get in, you know, attend this church, get under this leadership, which is what I did. And so I'm like, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to listen to the word. I'm going to get into praise and worship and, oh, it's going to be good. And I'm going to just sit there and just soak in the word. Well, that- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, can we laugh? <laughs> listen, I'm listening to you, and I'm like, you, listen, you knew that was not going to happen. That that's what you were dreaming of. Like, that- you know what? When I come, I'm going to be able to sit with my family and just, you know, and worship, yes, and worship the Lord, give Him wave offering, and Thank then after service, I'll be able to grab my things. And exit out. We'll yes. be able to leave. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it sounded good in my head. Right. Um, but uh, so now Jemiah at the time was 13. And so I, you know, we we're in the car. Hey, how was service? It was good. Well, what did y'all talk about? Jesus. I'm like, oh, Lord, I, I'm, I'm going to hang this girl. I'm going to just wretch around. Yeah. Strangler. And so. Um, I found myself just kind of sneaking into the youth services to see what was going on. And it was really lit. It was hype. It was the word was going forth. And the one thing that I love about Firehouse is that um, everything is led by the students, praise and worship, um, you know, the announcements, everything, the 
even the band are a band of students. Okay. And so um, just love, love, love that concept. And it really gets them involved. And so I'm peeking in and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And the students were really praising God and they were singing and they were worshiping. And um, I'm like, okay. But then um, Pastor Brady started talking about serving. If you remember here, I want you to get connected. I want you to start serving. We have different ministries that you can get involved in. And I'm like, oh, she's not talking to me. But then, you know, a couple of Sundays later, I'm back in the children's ministry and I'm looking. And at the time, um, Pastor Phil was transitioning in as the new youth pastor. And there were... um, we were meeting in the hotel because now we're at, we were at a new arena. And so the students met at, in the hotel and we had to bust the kids back and forth. And, and so I would, you know, stick my head in and, and he was, um, you know, setting up the instruments and passing out snacks and, um, you know, helping them with praise and worship. And then he was running back and forth with the transportation. And I'm like, okay, he needs some help. And so I started helping Pastor Phil and then um, being a a leadership organization or a ministry, Pastor Carol Dixon, know how to lead. Right. And, And so I came in and it was all right, let's let's do this. Let's write this down. Here's this process. We're going to have the students do this. And okay, these people are, we're going to, they're going to give out snacks and and then they're going to put this up and we're going to, and so I came in and just started helping Pastor Phil with the order of things. And um, then eventually he's like, okay, well now I, I need you to be head of our servant leadership. So as people come in to volunteer, can you onboard them and show them what to do? And, and then we started small groups. And so it was small leader, small group leader training. And so we started providing the training and, and getting people accl- acclimated to um, how we do things in Firehouse. And it, um, I'm still there. I'm still doing that. And now in a virtual setting, it's um, a little more challenging, but we are still meeting every Sunday uh, on Zoom and the students are still participating. They're still leading praise and worship. We still have our small groups via Zoom and our students are still coming. They're still engaged. And now more than ever, uh, they're expressing how they're feeling. Like they're so over this, it's unreal. Yes. But um, we're talking about, you know, how do we cope? And and they're telling us, we're not telling them, they're telling us, which means that their peers are listening and it's helping their peers. And also um, they're they're talking about marching and they're creating marches in their cities with their school and they're out on the streets and they're talking about the social un- unrest and injustices and 
and they're fed up with the passive aggressive discrimination and and they're using words like that. And it's just amazing me at how intelligent they are. And so as adults, we're there to support them and we're providing resources where they're asking for resources, but it's really amazing just the the talent and the confidence that they have in God that they're able to accomplish this. And they know who they are in God and they understand that he gives strength and he gives grace and mercy and they're walking in their purpose at 13 to 18 years of age. And and so we're there just supporting them and providing a, a platform for them to really just speak their voices and speak their minds. So for me to see that type of growth and, and that type of maturity and that type of just passion for God and, and doing the right thing for people because they know God is love and, and they want to display that love. And it's, it's just so touching and so moving that you can't help but get behind them and, and just let them pave the way. And you're just there to be a support. So yeah, I love I, it. I, I think it's amazing. So when we first started the interview, uh, we started talking about uh, opportunity as being the overall arching theme, right? And what here, I always come up with a challenge for uh, my guest, and I figured out my challenge for you. Uh, I want you to chronicle at least um, 10 powerful examples. I, here's what I firmly believe. If we take our most five painful experiences in our lives, and we take our most five empowering experiences in our lives, we'll find the principle or the substratum of thought that really directs our lives. I, I firmly believe that. And I've, I've done that work in my own life. But here's what I, I w- I'm going to challenge you to do, Dewanda. Here's, the, here's, the, here's the, um, the theme of it. And then I want you to develop it based upon 10 powerful experiences. I, want you, I mean, I want you to script out these stories as you're sharing here tonight. And it's going to be called The Power of an Opportunity. Serving your way into purpose. Mm, I and, like that. Yeah. And so literally, like those 10 stories you'll have on deck so that when you're getting ready to talk about the power of service and how it can literally transform the quality of your life. Because here's here's something that, well, I'll, I'll pitch this to you and I want you to knock it out the park. Talk to me about like heart posture as it relates to serving our youth? Like, how does your, one could say, because I meet tons of people that are, they want to pilot programs, they want to get involved, and they earnestly, I mean, really want to impact a youth's life or our young people's life, and they want to come into it because they say, I didn't have somebody in my life to do X, Y, and Z, and I went through all of these tragic things. And our youth today are like, okay, we understand that's your experience, right? <laughs> but yeah, and listen, and they're bold enough to say that, like, while we appreciate your passion, we know that was your experience. Uh, this is where we are, you know? Mm-hmm. So talk to me about how we're dealing with this uh, this generation 
this powerful generation of youth that are vocal, that are opinionated, that are bold? Uh, how, how does your heart have to be postured in order to properly serve them? That is a phenomenal question. And, um, and I tell women this especially um, because serving children <laughs> is not an easy thing. And, and we think kids are happy-go-lucky and they have no problems. And we pray that that's the case. But um, serving with youth and, and so women will come and, and they'll say, I want to serve and I want to do high school girls because I went through this in high school and I want to help the girls. And, and so my counsel to them is, have you dealt with it and got over it? Meaning, yeah, you went through it in high school. Well, now you're not in high school and you think, oh, I'm not in high school. I'm, I'm not dealing with that. I'm over it. But then you start dealing with these girls and and I and I always tell them like spirits find like spirits. And so yeah. when you start working with these girls, someone is going to um just be attracted to you and latch on to you that have that same spirit. And you have to be able to help them because you've overcome it. But if you're still dealing with it, you can't help them. And and so I, I want you to be sure. <laughs> that you are over it because if you're not, you're you're you won't be able to help them. And what it's going to do is drive you away from serving. And and some of the women have are still there, and they they're actually impacting the students, and and some of them aren't. And and that's exactly what happened. That they came in and they thought they were ready because you know they went through that. And I'm and I I want to help these girls because. And then when um, the fire hit the road, it they were gone, <laughs> and this girl is still here. And and now we're all all of us are pouring into this girl. And so I always tell them, you have to be over it, and you have to be sure within your heart of hearts that you're not still dealing with it because you won't be able to handle it when it hits you in the face. And and so you have to have a heart that um, I'm going to serve. I am not dealing with these issues, right? And I have to do it whether I get a thank you, whether I get a oh, that was a wonderful word, an, an acknowledgement, a pat on the back, because it's not about you. It's about yeah. the student. It's about the person that you're trying to impact. And you have to, in whatever capacity you're serving, if it's praise and worship leader, you get up, you do your praise and worship, and you sit down. And you thank God that you were able to do that, but then God will do the rest. It's not you. You're not doing it. And and so um, I find as I'm onboarding the servant leaders and we're going through training that I am also counseling them so that they understand this is a ministry. Yes, you are a servant leader. Yes, you are volunteering, but it's really a ministry. And you can help people with things that you've been through, but you have to make sure you've been through it and you're not still in it because it will damage you more than it hurts someone else. So 
your heart has to be in it for the right reasons and you have to search out your why you're doing it. And it can't be um, because I, I want the praise or I want to be pat on the back. It has to be, I just want to help people and that's it, whether you get a thank you or not. Otherwise, you will, you won't. You, you Continue. Won't. Yeah, you won't. You won't be able to endure hard right. as a good soldier, right? Uh, because one thing about it is, uh, let me tell you, working with youth, they will test your gangster. They will, you know. And here's that is that is how, in a lot of ways, that is their defense mechanism to determine whether they will become vulnerable to you. And working with youth, the question is, can you love them beyond the rejection, the initial rejection? Because there will be some that take to you immediately. There will be some that are just going to be vulnerable and open up. And that has a lot to do with their personality. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it, most are reserved and they are awaiting to see whether you are a trustworthy person. And really, they're looking for chinks in your armor to see kinks in your armor to see if you are battle tested. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't see any, they'll attempt to create some. <laughs> and they'll be like, yo, I talked to, you know, Mama D and, you know, I challenged this idea and she redirected me in love and she shared what I love about it is if you're going to share your testimony, it has to have context. Right. Mm-hmm. And share the wisdom of your testimony, not just the trauma of your testimony, exactly. especially when working with youth, because we have to be so mindful especially during COVID-19, but period, that we don't begin to share and project our trauma and traumatize someone else, a young mind, because we feel the need that this is how we're healing by just getting this out here. Like Mm -hmm. we have to, from that point, once we are healed, we can share of the wisdom. And then that's what God was talking about, uh, Dewanda, you know, in Revelations, when he said we overcome by the blood of the lamb, and the word of their testimony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I love what you're talking about because I think it is um, we have to walk circumspectly when we are interacting with our youth, because if they be start to trust you and you pre- present something as if it is truth, and if they embrace it as truth and it is erroneous information and they're literally building their life because they trust what you've said and they start building their life in a direction or on a foundation they can't stand. So let me ask you a question. Um, in conveying scripture, particularly, you know, the Bible stories, um, you know, most of us, our generation, we learn uh, the Bible in King James. Uh, we may have integrated now into NLT, you know. Uh, you know, you were doing something real big if you, if you could memorize the NIV, you know, you, you were really on the verge of something like, I not only know the King James, I know the NIV, you know, (laughs) but how, how is it, um, what do you find would be probably the most beneficial angle, uh, that someone who has a heart for ministry has gone through their trials and tribulations and God has healed them. But that's a, that's a progressive thing. You know, we all have areas that are underdeveloped and God is still grooming and healing. Uh, We all do. Um, But what would be your suggested angle of engaging with youth in a in a very relevant way? How do we bridge relevance uh, with socioeconomic status? How do we bridge relevance with 
you know, whether it be racial or gender issues, uh, how do we bridge relevance in this time uh, with the older generation and the younger generation? So for me, um, that's the challenging part right now in this virtual world. But let's go back a couple of months ago. Oh, wow. I guess it's more than a couple of months ago now. I can't believe it's almost October. But let's go yeah. back to January, February or 2019. Um, one of the things that I would do is either take them out to dinner or to lunch or invite them over for dinner. And of course, with their parents' permission. But um, people tend to open up while eating. (laughs) And so when you're sitting down and you're breaking bread together, um, there's a, a calmness. And and so it's not like you you cannot beat them over the head with the Bible. Uh, you have to come at them in love. And so for me, it's it's questioning. So what do you want to do? So how do you view God's love? What do you think about God? Is he present in your life? And then I just challenge them with their answers. And and then I just go in deeper based on what they said. And, and then based on their answers, um, adding scripture to it. And but again, it's in love and it's not like um, hellfire and damnation, but um, in love, you know, God is love. And, and I think if you start with that, God is love, you can pretty much um bring in anything into the conversation. And even when you talk about um, financial status, college tuition, because a lot of them, that's what's on their minds. And I always tell them, you know, in a service where God is moving, there's always a word. And, And sometimes the pastor may be giving a prophecy to someone else, but you can claim that word for yourself. I remember one year, uh, Shalisa was at Shalisa Ebron. Oh was yes, at... shout out to my wife. <laughs> Love you, sweetheart. Yeah. She was at um, Spring. Was it Spring Valley? Spring Arbor. Spring Arbor. Thank you. Jamar graduated from there. I'm sorry, Jamar, but um, she was going to Spring Arbor, and the pastor gave her word that uh, her tuition would be paid for. You know, she would get a grant, and um, and she gave her some steps, like go to the financial aid office every day, have them know you by name and, and, and a grant will come. And so when Jamar went to Spring Arbor, I gave him that same advice. I'm like, you go to the financial aid office every day. I want them to know you by name. And he did that. And on top of me <laughs> calling them as well, when a grant came up, they notified us and said, hey, we got this grant and it has Jamar's name all over it. And I'm like, yes. Um, and uh, thankfully, you know, I told Jemiah the same thing, but Jemiah got scholarships. So, <laughs> we, yeah. yeah, it was a blessing. But I so I tell them the same thing. Um, you speak into existence what you want and you find a scripture to stand on and watch God move. 
And, and I'm like, write it down so that you don't forget it and just stand on that scripture and, and say that scripture until you do know it by heart. And and they're so excited when when something happens and they'll run in, Miss D, Miss D, guess what? Remember when you said that, that, and I did, and now look, God did, and it's like, and you rejoice with them. And there's no other feeling in the world than to see just the light in someone's eye when God moves on their behalf. And then when they keep doing it and he keep, it keeps moving. And then I even talked to them about the 21 day habit. And yeah. um, so we, we talk about the simple things first, um, get up, make up your bed. And as you're making up your bed, say the Lord's prayer. And then you get a scripture and it's the same scripture and you just memorize it. And before you know it, you've created a habit. And now you're talking to God every day and you're in the word every day. And so you, you're just giving them steps to do. And, and, and as they take those steps and then when they, when you see that they're doing that, you give them more steps. So it's, you're just, you're leading them (laughs) to Christ. They already know Christ, but you're just leading them in the way that they should go. And, and you're giving them baby steps to accomplish things that will become everyday habit forming things for them to know that God is there and God is moving on their behalf and they actually see where he is present and he is there with them. And that's the, to me, that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people feel like God has left them. Um, And so as you give them these steps to help them walk through their daily lives, they see God in every turn. And and then um, we give them challenges as well. We challenge you to write down 10 things that you're grateful for every day for 30 days. And before you know it, it's like, man, I have a lot to be grateful for. And um, we, right, so, gave- <laughs> so listen, let's, I think that's a good, let's lead, let's, let's, let's model that exercise. So <laughs> go ahead, give me 10 things right now, Dewan, the 10 things that you're grateful for. I am so grateful for my family. All right. For, <laughs> I'm grateful for my husband. Yeah. I'm grateful for my job. Right. I'm grateful for my a roof over my head. Yep. I'm grateful for food to eat. I am grateful for friends. I am grateful for my job. I am grateful that God has allowed me to be nominated and I won the 2020 Women of Color STEM Award. I Woo. am grateful for favor and I am grateful that God has given me life. All right. When you, when you count 10, I feel like you should say, loose your hands and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) So I challenge everybody that was listening. If you count 10, by the time you finish counting 10, your hands are free enough to give God some praise. All right. And I love what you said there, uh, DeWanda. Uh, You give them practical steps that leads them in the path that they should go. Mm -hmm. Like, Working with youth, they need those practical steps. Give me the, give me, as Pastor would say, give me the how tos. Mm-hmm. I get that you want me to do this, but show me how. And here's the humble submission that a lot of adults may not say is, I can tell you what, but I cannot tell you how. But now when you're working with youth, the main thing you need to know is how. How can I do this? How can I accomplish my goal? How can I develop my faith? 
How can I grow? And when you speak the truth in love, it produces a peaceable fruit of righteousness in the lives of the hearer. So I know I know that sounded real King James. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is the truth. Yeah. And when you're working with youth, um, not only are you showing them that God is love and you're giving them those steps, but the the most fundamental thing is that they know you're there. And and so um, when we were in the church and people were serving, it was, hey, can you serve at least two Sundays out of the month? And we had two services and serve both services because to be there meant everything in the world. And um, I, I, I know I heard it, but I didn't really understand it until one Sunday. I wasn't there <laughs> and um, and really just went home to visit Detroit. But um, I missed two Sundays because I think I left from Sunday to Sunday. Um, so I missed two Sundays. And when I came back, it was Miss D, where were you at? Where We, we missed you. And uh, I got so many hugs and, oh, my God, you can't be gone anymore. And, you know, service just wasn't the same without you. And and although I they were saying it to be nice, it felt really good <laughs> to, yes. to be missed. And um, but it really did make me understand that they're just looking for someone to be there. And when they come to church, it's just certain people that they expect to see. And that helps with their stability. And that helps them know and feel that God is there. And because it's it's just certain people that's going to give them that smile and that hug. And and that makes the world okay. And and they know there's a God <laughs> because yeah. Miss D said God is love. And Miss D shows me the love that God has for me through her. And that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It is your consistency enables them to trust God more, mm-hmm. especially when you are the example of God's love to them in that space. So when they miss you, they're like, Oh, listen, what they're really saying is I need some of that love that you give me. <laughs> and they're, they're not, and some of them may come up and lay their head on your shoulder, adapt you up or whatever. But what they really were saying, I need some love. Show me some love. I miss that love. And um, love translates. Uh, love breaks down barriers to the hardest of hearts. Yes. Uh, love, it heals and it mends the fractured areas in our lives. Love gives us it gives us permission to walk in purpose. You know, love is what saves us for God. So, you know, love mm-hmm. the world. And so love, it provokes the best of us. Um, and so you can always tell, especially when working with youth, those that are listening out there, uh, when you work with youth, you're going to miss it sometimes. That's just, it just is what it is. Uh, this generation of youth, they will let you know when you miss it. <laughs> <laughs> they they will oh, excuse me you missed it uh i saw you miss it didn't you say you know but uh and here's the thing that a uh, pastor taught us that i use with my children and i know you use is that when we cannot be the perfect example then we need to be the perfect example of repentance 
mm-hmm. and to live authentically and to live free uh, when serving youth. The main thing is we got to be real, <laughs> you know, and before anybody, you know, urbanizes it and takes it, I just got to keep it written on. I'm not talking about that real. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm talking about is authentically who God created you to be and to be honest with our youth that you're continuing to strive also mm-hmm. toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. So the mm-hmm. to believe it or not, do you know we are nearing the end of our time? No way. Now you, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know, we could talk forever. We, I remember us sitting in meetings uh, and pastor had given us the opportunity to serve on dunamis. I remember we were, look, we've been on the, uh, you know, I think we, what, we, what did we call ourselves? Did we call ourselves spirit? Was it spirit? Yeah. It was spirit. Yeah. It was we, spirit. Yeah, we were a spoken word group, you know, with our snaps. <laughs> uh, uh, it, 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 we have shared such a host of experiences, watching our children grow, you know, all, all of these different things. So uh, I'm just godly proud of what you're doing down in Texas. And of course, you know, we couldn't help but be great because of who our leader is, you know. Amen. So again, shout out to the Chief Apostle, Dr. Carolee Dixon, and of course to your pastor down there, to the Bradys, shout you all yeah. out, and uh, to Firehouse down there in uh, Texas, and to Kano's youth in Detroit. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. All right? So uh, again, uh, my challenge to you, Dewanda, is to write that out, to script out your stories that you have of how uh, the power of an opportunity serving your way into purpose. And uh, then Mm. I like that gratitude, you know. (laughs) So, And when you're frustrated, you're going to do something with your hands anyway. So you might as well give God some praise. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dewan, the last words, uh, anything that you may want to just share directly with youth leaders out there, that are committed to community work, uh, I put the ball in your court. Or if you want to say anything to youth or whatever, however God's leading you. So to the youth leaders, um, you cannot do it alone. It takes a village and um, you will need people that are in your corner, people to tell you, you're doing a great job. And don't think that you don't need people to tell you that. And when I say people to tell you that, I mean your team of um, advisors or your team of supporters, because you need people in your corner. And you also need people that you can just bounce ideas off of. And those trusted individuals need to be able to say to you, job well done, or you missed a mark and here's where we need to take it to another level. And and not yes people, but um, people that support you and in, in the decisions that you make. And to the youth, we parents do not know everything. However, <laughs> we know a lot. Yes. So please um, talk to us. Do not feel like there's nothing that you can't tell us. And I, and I would tell my children this all the time. Um, we can talk about anything and everything. And you can say whatever you want to say to me, as long as it's respectful to me. And we can talk through 
everything. And so my daughter, even to this day is, well, how did you know that? Because when I'm talking to her about her friends, it's, well, you know, I want you to treat this one with a, you know, 10 foot pole. <laughs> and, and I want you to, cause this one is going to do this. And it's like, how did you know that would happen? Cause we, we've, Grown up, there. right? We've yeah, been through we've it, been and that. our our <laughs> eye is trained. Yeah, so yeah. we we see certain things and and know if the course doesn't correct, what the outcome will be, and um and we understand that the youth want to live out their life, but uh, and there are some things that you do have to experience on your own, but there are some things that if you would just listen to us, you won't have to experience it. <laughs> Yes. Um, yes. So just talk to wise counsel. And that's even in the Bible. So remember, God is love and to love like God loves. <laughs> oh, that's going to be your tag for your show. Remember, God <laughs> is love and love like God loves. This is the wonder <laughs> at the firehouse. <laughs> And I approve that and message. I approve this message. <laughs> Listen, so here's some exciting news. Dewanda, thank you so much for being on. Uh, you are uh, just an asset wherever you go. Uh, you're such a person of value who serves with just such a kind and tender heart. And you have great organizational and operational skills. So continue to do a great work down in Texas. I look forward to our conversation. So I got I have some exciting news for the drawing board nation. My sophomore project, my second book drops tomorrow. Woo! The title of the book is Mind Your Business: Self-Care Strategies and Mindfulness Practices Designed to Reduce the Negative Effects of Stress. Are you feeling stressed, overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, fearful? Guess what you need? You need some how-tos. You need some strategies. You need some mindfulness practices. And for all of my people that are of the faith and say, oh, I don't know about that mindfulness stuff. Well, Joshua 1 and 8 says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt what? Meditate. Be mindful of, so that you may observe and do all that is written according therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then what? And then thou shalt have good success. Yes. This book is chock full of the word. This book is chock full of mindfulness practices. This book is chock full of self-care strategies. It's on Amazon. I'll let you have a secret. It's on Amazon right now. Go ahead, get it. Listen, or you can go to thedrawingboardnation.com. So, Dewanda, this is how I end my show every time. Your future is not behind you. It is not before you. It is within you. Get your 10 gratitude and then do what? Put those hands together and praise the Lord. God bless you all. Peace. God bless you.